Hey, baby. Hey. Naomi and Andy here with yep. a quick cue slash request. Yes. So, okay, Acast is doing these audience surveys, okay? We put the link in the show notes. The link is going to be in the link tree on our on Instagram and everything like that. Here's the thing, Naomi. Yeah. You know, we're already pretty choosy about the ads right. that we allow on the show. No weapons manufacturers. Raytheon, get out of here. Yeah. Screw off, Raytheon. But we want to make sure that the ads are kind of tailored to y'all. Right. Okay? Right? Say you want to hear ads for a different world DVD box sets. We need to know that. We, we need can to go out that. to them. We can get the word <laughs> out. But we only can get the word out if you give us the word. So you got to fill out the survey. It is quick, quick, quick. And it just lets us know if the ads you're hearing are the right ads for you. Yeah. So get on over to the show notes where that link is or the Couples Therapy link tree and fill out that quick survey so we can pass the word on to ACAST. All right. Roll it. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready get 30, ready get 20, 20, 20, ready get 20, 20, ready get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Open your hearts, loosen your butts. It's time for couples therapy. Yeah, this podcast is Andy and Naomi's Where they can both laugh and hang with all their homies Talking excellent vacationing with brunches and cuddling To messy situationships and conscious and coupling From Netflix hookups to single them with some Hulu Text, sex, regrets, so feeling on your new jubu They gon' talk about it, ah, yeah, you are invited, ah Needing therapy, I guarantee, baby, we got it It's Hello, everyone, and welcome to Couples Therapy. My name is Naomi. And I am Andy. We're a real-life married couple. A real-life married couple of comedians. I won't stop laughing at that. And on Couples Therapy, we answer a couple of different questions from a couple of different listeners. Happy April, honey. I hope nobody did a terrible joke yesterday. By yesterday, I mean we're recording this Sunday, April 2nd. Saturday was April Fool's, and I hope people didn't do anything stupid. What? Yeah. I don't. I trust our listeners. I don't. No, I mean, I hope they weren't on the receiving end of anybody's oh, I hope stupidity. They, Do you know what I mean? Like, like a whoopee like, cushion, a whoopee cushion, like a lie that briefly sends ice down your veins, and then the person goes April Fools. Yeah. Know? When did that become the thing where it was just a a I mean, lie was a joke? I mean, I did it once when I was a teenager. I was like, Mom, I'm pregnant, and then I was like, April Fools. <laughs> it's like, what are you doing? How old were you? I don't know. It would have been college. So it really <laughs> Wait, had, what? Yes, yeah, so it really had like, some heft to it. Yeah. Well, it's possible. That, well, actually. I mean, well, yeah, exactly. I mean, the fucked up world we live in. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but still. 
Yeah. yeah, yeah what yeah. was I'm it? Not can, proud of myself. I'm, yeah. just, I'm just telling you honestly what ha- happened. Can I psychologically deconstruct you for a moment? I mean, there's really not much there. I was bored and dumb, <laughs> like so many people uh-huh. in this world. So is that where it comes? But the idea of a lie versus a joke, or a plausible lie, like April Fools went from being like, you know, uh, I'm gonna squirt you with some little water from this fake flower on uh-huh. my lapel, <laughs> to you know, like, shit. Did you see? Um, China attacked Russia and you're like what ever that. are you serious you're like yeah yeah they just uh I mean I don't know if it's a big deal but it was a low-yield nuclear weapon and you're like what the fuck and then you check and it's like no they didn't and you're like April Fool's gotcha with the plausible nuclear holocaust I don't know if you people do that about stuff that really could happen every any second you know I that feels like but maybe you're right. Maybe it is just people being like, why don't I just lie to you about something that's very possible? It is. It became April Fool's went from practical you jokes. Told me, you already told me it went from flowers to lies. <laughs> it went from hand buzzers uh-huh. to plausible lies. Right, 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 right. And I hope, listeners, I hope you were not caught on the end of a plausible lie right. and or initiated your own plausible lies. I've told my own story about plausible lies before. Absolutely. When I pulled a prank on my... Um, a childhood friend who uh, I was going, I was leaving. This was like seventh grade. I was leaving to go do a, a Skinner box experiment at the local college for the science fair. And I told another friend of mine to tell my, my friend that had been uh, pranking me and by pranking me, I mean hitting me in the arm and being like, that's a prank <laughs> <laughs> that I had fallen down the stairs and had to go to the hospital again. Plausible lie. <laughs> right, 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 right. And then it went what's, around the school. Can I just point out what's funny is that you said, I've told this story before and then you proceed to tell the no, no, story. No. I, I proceeded to synopsize the story in three sentences as opposed to give you the drama, give you the full force of the story, Naomi. Well, I think the listeners will be on my side. <laughs> I think it's funny when someone goes, I've said this before and then they say it again. Um, uh-uh, no, write in. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. I write in and, and say whether you're on my side or not is just synopsizing the story in context for two or three sentences. The same thing as retelling the story. I don't think so. All right. All right, you guys. You guys uh, take it to the boards. Take it to <laughs> the Instagram. Take it to couplestherapybot at gmail.com. Should we create a Discord? Anyone want Discord? <laughs> I don't know. People wanted it like in the height of lockdown, but now I think they're a little too busy to engage mm-hmm. in the Discord. But maybe not. You never know. We're not starting it. Okay, we're very busy. <laughs> is my point. So one of you out there would have to start and man the Discord. Or we could have um, our, our wonderful Booker Mimi. Perhaps. 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 Naomi, before we get into today's episode, we have an update from last week's episode. Do you remember? Oh my God! Yes, Caleb Heron. Well, this—I mean, this—I'll tell you this. Remember, someone called in. Someone wrote in about a boyfriend who was not our favorite. Not our favorite. I'm going to say. Well, they said this. Okay, that uh, the the writer. I think it was a caller, right? I don't no, can't I remember now. It was a writer. Was they had. Because <laughs> I remember it was a little lengthy. Uh-huh. They have OCD, and their BF has ADD. All right, and we were all suggest, and they're boyfriend um does not the boyfriend doesn't ask him questions about yes. himself he really he, he talks on and on about himself and he's basically like but he's so good in every other way should i be concerned that this person doesn't ask me things mm. about me right but they've also been together for like a couple years right so it's like well something's working so, so this was the here's yes. here's an update from the writer okay the writer of that says 
Hello, Andy and Naomi and Caleb. Thank you so much for answering my question on today's podcast and validating my feelings. I really appreciate everyone's thoughtful and sensitive feedback and the humor. My boyfriend is 36 and I'm 39, so we're a few years apart because we were wondering if this boy was like 22, <laughs> the one who, kept, the one who um, never asked questions. I have a counselor who I've seen for almost 20 years and she has ruled out narcissism as a diagnosis of my boyfriend. Okay. Mm-hmm. I wanted to clarify a few things. We've been together for two and a half years and at the very beginning of the relationship, one month in, I expressed there's a lack of questioning and curiosity in them, in him. Since that first month, he asks questions every day, follows up on specific things, what books I've read, being supportive, etc. When I first expressed my need to him at the beginning of the relationship, he immediately felt embarrassed, remorseful, and said he would be more cognizant and wanted me to be happy. If someone was narcissistic, maybe they wouldn't care. Mm -hmm. He still will relate a lot of my experiences back to experiences of himself, but maybe this is more of a socialization pattern. When something comes up where I don't feel heard, I tell him immediately, and he never shrugs it off or refuses to listen. He always tries to meet a need I have. My question was more if someone is capable of truly changing and not only going through the motions. Do you think there may be narcissism involved? Maybe no relationship is perfect and I'm obsessing over something little. Thanks for listening and answering my long-winded questions and background. <laughs> okay. Uh-huh. Now, right. now Gee, Naomi, really, yeah. I'm going to Shyamalan all of this. Oh, wow. With, okay. Because okay, okay. so many listeners called in and wrote in wow. and sent Instagram messages. Wow. Okay. To, that is going in response to, to this in this a, letter writer. In response to this letter okay, writer. Okay, wow. This and in response to us immediately going like, he's a narcissist. Get rid of him. <laughs> Whatever we said. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we didn't say that. We didn't say get rid of him. We said, but we we were all kind of like narcissist. Yeah, we weren't really into it. So can you play that first comment? Hello, um, Andy and Naomi. This is in response to a question, the first question. On the most recent episode, Caleb's episode, um, hopefully I'm not, it's not super apparent how nervous I am, so I'm taking deep breaths. I, I'll just jump right into it. Uh, she, they, uh, pronouns by the way. I don't think that their partner is narcissistic, that this person is diagnosed OCD, their partner is diagnosed ADD, which I will refer to as ADHD. I am, on the autism spectrum, ADHD, and I relate by referencing things back to myself, um, and that is a inherent ASD trait. Not that I'm diagnosing, <laughs> just by listening to a phone call, but um, maybe there's a little bit more neurodivergence in both of these people than they are um, aware of, and um yeah, navigating that and communication and having to explicitly ask my partner, a cis, het, male, uh, white man, uh, has been difficult as a queer POC recently discovered neurospicy person that lived their whole life. This why am I too much for everyone? Anyways, um, hope this was helpful. Uh, love you guys. Okay, bye. Neurospicy might be my new favorite I was word. Ju- I, you literally <laughs> said it before I could say it. Because I was like, neurospicy is the new phrase. Neurospicy. I love that so much. Thank so you, good. caller. Thank, Thank you, you, caller, you for introdu- for both for your comment and for introducing the phrase neurospicy into our lives. Absolutely. Absolutely. So many so many listeners wrote in about this stuff. I want to just read a, a, a little excerpt. Um. Caleb not hearing wrote in <laughs> <laughs> to say uh, about the same same thing. 
uh, just to add on to what the caller said, for us, referring back to ourselves, is connection. Uh-huh. Though it can admittedly be frustrating for non-neurodivergent people, and even though this is a skill I had to cultivate in myself, it is still frustrating for me to encounter in my own dating life. I don't know how much either person in this couple has looked into the complexity of how ADHD impacts daily life, but this is a big one. Uh, and this uh, uh, Caleb not here on says that they are a queer male with autistic ADHD. Okay. And I say that because then the next paragraph starts any gay. I just wanted to share both that. And this is a common conversational pattern and that there can be growth on both sides to meet in the middle with some support. Okay. Perhaps reading books about ADHD hmm. uh-huh. or uh, seeing a counselor. Okay, Mm -hmm. okay. And then Ruth Ann, I thought this was a good example. Ruth Ann wrote in with this example. uh, Quote, I broke my arm today. That's what you say to this person. And then uh, a neurodivergent person will empathize, though, communicating a similar experience. Quote, I broke my foot. This is a way of trying to check that they have correctly identified the emotion of the experience Mm. and communicate solidarity and support. Yes, 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 yes. Because I was actually going to say in reading, in reading the writer's new follow up, I was like, yeah, I can see that. I can see bringing it back to oneself as a, as a way of being like, I've been through that too. I identify. I can relate, and that's how it can be connected, you know. But also the larger question of can someone really change versus just going through the motions? And I'm like, well, I think that's all in how you how you choose to look at it, mm-hmm. right? Because I think all change starts with going through the motions. Yeah. I think you go through the motions and you go through the motions until they don't feel like motions anymore. Yeah. You know, right? It's like the whole fake it till you make it thing that everyone says. So it's like, so I think it's like, it can be done. Yeah. And certainly what um, Ruth Ann is suggesting, uh, or was it Caleb not hearing about getting a book or- Yeah, having, Caleb not hearing. Caleb not hearing, okay? And those that is the new uh, binary. <laughs> okay, Caleb hearing, Caleb not hearing. Um, <laughs> is uh, saying, you know, like books on ADHD maybe to get a little deeper understanding of the conversational style or also going to a counselor. And after two and a half years, again, with a strong relationship where you really love this person, that's certainly worthwhile. Yeah, change I mean, is possible. You just have to be motivated and, and you know, then do it exactly exactly but until it's internal until those things like you said until it's internalized right become yeah becomes until it becomes second nature a bit you know much like when uh tony stark uh created the iron man armor that was uh like nanoparticles that then (laughs) came out from his body into i believe as a extremist that it was called it's funny, Andy's doing that thing he does where he kind of like drubs his fingers where he goes, oh, I realize this is going nowhere, but I have to complete it. <laughs> Whereas I'm like, you don't have to complete it. Abandon ship. <laughs> well, in that case, I'm going to jump into the stormy waters of today's episode because what a wonderful old friend of ours. Oh, my God. You know, sometimes that I'll tell you, this is what can be a little tricky having someone who we know really well on the show. I can get a little too loose-lipped. And the reminder's <laughs> like, oh, wait, this is recorded media and not every aspect of my life and backstory is for consumption. But then I'll be talking to somebody where I'm like, oh, right, so, you know, uh, I didn't really have Andy go over some of these. You know, I had some things I wanted to edit. haven't been edited. Uh, but this is a wonderful conversation with a very, very funny, very, very hilarious Mort Burke. Mort is an actor, stand-up. You've seen him on Mythic Quest. He has a brand new special out on 800 Pound Gorilla Media's YouTube. Okay, that's Kevin Hart's YouTube. Okay, it's called Spiritually Filthy. So if you look up Mort Burke, Spiritually Filthy, you will find his new special. It and is, it's great. It, it's, it's so great. It's, it's so, so funny. I opened for him when he was taping it. So I saw it live and in the flesh. 
uh, you know, and I and I think I say this too when we talk to more, but also it's like I don't really fucks with that many straight white men. Okay, <laughs> you say it immediately. I literally like there are not many that I want to <laughs> engage with or you know like promote. It is okay. the first and thing promote. out of your, it's the first thing out of your mouth. Is it? Yeah, because we, we did record this one before the wedding, so you will hear wedding talk. Uh-huh. Uh, but we recorded this, you know, again. Um, look, sometimes it's called a time machine. Yeah, sometimes it's called. Live to tape. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Well, okay. Oh, uh, also, there's a sound note because Mort's microphone didn't uh, record or something happened on his end when yeah. we had to use the the Zoom audio. And there was a, there was the a period of time whenever it rains in Los Angeles, the infrastructure here cannot handle right. anything. And so the internet is fucked up. There was like a six second delay. We mentioned it, even though I've edited out all the... Andy, all the, honey, with a fine tooth comb, he said, I want it to be like butter. Uh-huh. I fucking edited this thing within an inch of its life. But perhaps there is a little difference than the normal. But yeah, you know, and we said we can't let that stop us, okay? Because yes. this is more, it's a great conversation because he really does come, you know, he understands the assignment. Open heart, loose butt. We're giving advice, and we said we can't not give it, honey. Yeah. We can't not give it. We can't. We can't. So you know what? Without further ado, roll it. Mort, this is the last episode we are taping before the wedding. We are taking a break after that. So we, we you know, we're doing a batch. Holy moly. Batch. T- yes, exactly. That's exactly how you should feel. I think you should feel <laughs> gratitude. <laughs> Through the phrase, holy moly. I do. I feel like I'm helping usher in a lifelong romance. I'm, I feel like I'm a good talisman for a holy union. That's what I always say. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think you're combating. We were saying right before we started recording that when we were doing the last walkthrough for the venue, that it started hailing. In California? Yes, in California, it was hailing. <laughs> and we're like, uh-oh, this is not... This portent... Speaks badly, but then you, Mort, your your being is maybe a counteractive to the hail. Yeah, absolutely right. I'm the solve. I'm the balm, the calming balm that is uh, the antidote to the uh, the frankly like cosmic bizarre omen that you guys experienced. Mm-hmm. Now, um, I'll also say another co- cosmic bizarre omen is that you're a straight man, and for the listeners, we haven't had a straight man on this podcast in about. 15 years? <laughs> 15 years. I think you were the last yeah. straight man we had on it. <laughs> yeah, and rightfully so. And I feel I feel honored, and I'm going to do my best not to uh, embarrass my people, but, we, you know, mm-hmm. I, I'm just... I, I, and I'm so incredibly straight, too. I think that's what was really brave of you guys to have me on, because I think I'm sort of the... Uh, I'm your standard macho UFC fan, uh, Bud Light Guzzlin, mm-hmm. fuckboy. <laughs> Yeah, no, that that's when I think of you, Mort. That's what I think of. You never even like uh, uh, at a uh, newsstand grabbed a Playgirl down from the top and uh, snuck a peek. <laughs> Been like, that's a ball sack I can get into. No, yeah, no. Well, I mean, I do have a subscription to Playgirl. Is that not straight? <laughs> <laughs> I just want to see what the guys are working with. You know what the sure. what the hams are looking like. Huh? Hams, yeah. What hams gotta check out those hams naomi yeah i'm sorry that's how that's how straight dudes andy knows that's how straight dudes refer to other guys penis we, we that's how yeah. we greet each other yeah. hey how's the ham yeah how's the ham hey is it glistening yeah. <laughs> god <laughs> already sick soaking already. soaking wet wet <laughs> wetty and gross how's the ham <laughs> see uh, I, you shouldn't add a straight guy on 
Yeah, this is, this is the danger. Mort, you're someone who I want to be better friends with, but we live on different sides of town, so I don't know <laughs> if it'll ever happen. Yeah. Well, we did. I mean, we went and saw Pavement. That was a, I thought that was a lovely bonding experience. Yeah, but that was months ago. You know, I, I see my friends yeah. on uh, uh, t- every two weeks. <laughs> I will rotate out my friends. That's what, like. I, that's what I do. So I don't wear any of them out. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, so like every other Thursday is Friends Day for you? Yeah, yeah. You got like one or two a week for uh, mm-hmm. outside lunch or dinner. And then and you rotate through the five or six. Yeah. But that's funny you even say two weeks because I was like, really, Andy? I feel like Andy yeah. has his friends every six weeks. Like he's very like, I saw that person. Now I will go leave them alone. All right. I, okay. And then maybe after a while, he's like, I guess it's I can reach out to them again. <laughs> yeah. Month- well, you give somebody time to get some more stories and stuff. Which I think is key, you know, because otherwise it's another boring hang where you talk about like whatever we did two weeks ago. That's if you got if six weeks, you should probably have something pretty exciting to talk about. Yeah, more like I'm giving them a break from my neuroses. So like I think it's like a 90 minute meal with me is a heavy mm. dose of Andy's anxieties. <laughs> and I'm just like, all right. now. Yeah. You. Well, you last time you were here, you were fully masked. and You had that what looked like that giant fan that you were holding in front of your face. My air purifier, my portable air purifier. Yeah, your portable air purifier. <laughs> I'm not taking chances. I ain't taking chances. Nor should you. And dude, I got COVID. I'm, did, I, did I tell you guys this? I'm just getting over COVID now. No. Yeah. What happened? I, fuck, I went to Hollywood and did stand-up, which I'm pretty sure that sentence has COVID. Like, of course I got it. <laughs> <laughs> That's what happens. That's what happens. I mean, now, you know, the time we're talking to you, we are two weeks from the wedding, so I'm pretty much in lockdown. You know what I mean? Like, I'm really, I said, I can't get these deposits back. Nobody can refund yeah. the plane tickets. So I am in the house. Mm-hmm. And so I have not been doing shows, and <laughs> it's just been very interesting for, you know, our love to be mm. around each other nonstop. And then I think uh. I get very, um, I think I get depressed when I don't do stand up. really. I think it's like part of, I get depressed just living, but then I think <laughs> when I'm not doing stand up, I'll get, it'll, I'll really kind of take a plummet. Yep. And how does it feel that we need the adulation? We need literal applause. We need the adulation of strangers so deeply that we get like physically ill. If we don't like, what does that say about that's, that's kind of sick, right? <laughs> I mean, it's some Tinkerbell shit. Every time I think about Tinkerbell and how you've got to clap to keep her alive, you know? And I'm just like, yeah. oh, good Lord. I'm a tiny woman in a cage saying, please, <laughs> please. <laughs> that, I watched wrong? Hook not that long ago. I love I, it. I'd never seen the movie Hook. And J- Julia Roberts plays Tinkerbell in that movie. Yeah. And yeah. she's amazing. She's like really, really, it's real. like, there's this really rich deep sad part at the end where she's in love with peter pan and it's never going to work out because his penis is much too huge for her of course and she says that that's what she said <laughs> yeah she was uh, just like the ham's too big remember that line <laughs> yeah yeah she's like peter you're big awful ham <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's right you're big awful ham thank you i misquoted it <laughs> <laughs> you're nightmarish ham peter mort can we make a a vow that we will be better friends can I put you on the spot? You can also say no if you don't actually want that. That'd be insane if I said no. That'd be like, by <laughs> what I would, I would certainly kill the rest of the podcast if I was like, nah. <laughs> Sorry, no. man. Business only. <laughs> <laughs> well, no. Yeah, you know- dude, come over. Well, we, I will come over. I'll say this. I will cook you lunch. That's been my new thing. I'll have people over and I'll cook them, full on cook them a lunch and I'll do that and we'll play ping pong because we have a ping pong table over here and I would love it. All right. All right, I'm gonna make a commitment. We're gonna do that. We'll have to eat the lunch outside, 
but I will play ping pong inside. I'll yeah. put on a mask and play ping pong inside. But but let me ask you this, Andy. Now, are you, uh, as far as the neuroses go, because uh, I'm a neurotic dude too, but I also like to try and move into positivity. Maybe we could do a, maybe we could do a nurturing gratitude day where we try to nurture gratitude together. Ooh, and then you just stop not, the podcast. You just fucking... <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea what that means. What does that mean to nurture gratitude together? That... that it that, scares him. It scares him. I can tell he's afraid. Well, no, because, yeah. Like, right, right. Uh, it, it means that we try to, like, also, like, we try to pay attention to the good. We look, as Mr. Rogers says, we look for the helpers. We talk about maybe good stuff that's happening as well. Are you getting a flood warning, too, like we are? N- no, but uh, you guys, it is like, uh, you guys are freezing every six seconds. <laughs> oh, great. Great. Hey, <laughs> you know what the best way to have a conversation is on a six-second delay? <laughs> I think... If ever I've done, like, look, I'm not a radio guy. I was a college DJ. I did indie rock. I played at <laughs> WPTS 92.1 FM in Pittsburgh. All right. However, it was yeah. music, not a lot of talking. But right. I know in conversations when I'm like sitting across from someone that if they take a good six second pause after everything <laughs> I say that, you know, they're like really drinking it in. And the rhythm is so charismatic. People just want to dance on that rhythm. Yes. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, organic. You could, and you know, it's what's hilarious is while you're saying this, you're freezing. So while you're like sarcastically talking about how awful it is, you're also freezing. So this is like, I was going to make the joke of like, yeah, the key to radio is dead air. Uh, you know, that's what they always say is you want night. 19 seconds of crackly silence. And not only that, but like you guys are freezing. So it's like, it's not just the sound, it's also watching my friends turn into mannequins briefly for like four <laughs> seconds, which is also like uh, kind of horrifying. Well, if there's anything, Naomi and I are the Kim Cattrall and Meshach Taylor of podcasting. Right, 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 right. <laughs> Mannequin one, you have to shout that yeah. out. Well, it's, it's funny because like when I know I'm freezing, I try to have a very neutral face too, <laughs> be, so that if I'm frozen, I'm not frozen in a disgusting way. <laughs> So it's like I'm listening to you, but I'm really kind of trying to say nooch so that when it stops, you're not like, Jesus Christ. What is it about like anytime you pause something or the person's eye is half open, they always look like mid stroke. <laughs> but it's always like, oh, that person's about to lose consciousness. <laughs> like we always look awful when if we stopped in the middle. So thank you for saying nooch. I appreciate I, that. I'm trying my best. But, you know, here's the thing, because so, I mean, I think we've addressed the delay. You, the listener, just go on a journey. You know, Andy's going to edit it together. It's going to be gorgeous. But I know for me, too, I'm trying to just hold a beat. Let Morthison finish. Yes, I called it Morthison. That's a thing. We're friends, guys. So it's named <laughs> that's more to We're the couples public. friends. We are couples couple friends. friends. I'm trying to bridge the, I know the couples friends because I'm like, when I find people who I vibe with, I know, I'm like, and it's few and far between. Few and far between. Especially in this few town. Few and far between <laughs> in Hollywood. In Hollyweird. <laughs> yep. So, but uh, <laughs> I've never but, heard that before. Did you make that? <laughs> <laughs> Hollyweird. Yeah, huh. I guess it is a little weird. No, yeah. mention that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I got it from that uh, that that movie, the cartoon movie with uh, Brad Pitt, with uh, <laughs> noted abuser pa- Brad Pitt. What cartoon movie? <laughs> Can I please get oh. all the reels? I need us all the reels. This is this is tough. That's right. You now have two straight white bit boys. I know. We're yeah, usually, and then yeah. I, I know, and then that's why I met automatically become disapproving auntie. But I'm going to keep it on the reels, okay? Because people are here for the damn. Not here for this nonsense, and that, that's the last thing I want. But, the, <laughs> but this is the thing, <laughs> dude. Or, all right, let's fo- let's focus up. Let's talk yeah. real. 
Yeah. You, like me, have bridged the gap from just bits into a real emotional adult. Yes. Miraculously. <laughs> <laughs> but, but okay, here's the thing. And I'm going to use this as a segue because, you know, you've got this hour special out, which, you know, we love. I was honored to get to open for you when you were recording it. But one of the things I find in general when you're talking about your stand-up and your, or no, rather, when you're talking about your life in the past versus now, there seems to be such a wide gap mm. to me between the- um, Discontinuity, if you will. Yes, the chaotic, uh, disgusting destroyer <laughs> of worlds that you used to be, and now the full-on science teacher realness, I'm excited about photosynthesis vibe you give off now. And so it is- Right, you were a coked up Oppenheimer. <laughs> <laughs> and now you're now you're a sober Einstein. Yeah, right. I was like if Stephen Hawking was badly addicted to pills for 15 years. <laughs> and then all of a sudden I'm like now I'm like uh uh yeah. And it, Neil deGrasse Tyson but without the pretension. <laughs> <laughs> but also just What is that? Hold on. What is that? <laughs> that doesn't compute. All it is is pretension. I mean, don't you think he's a little bit like so don't you think he there's a little bit of Neil deGrasse Tyson who's like, if nothing matters, the world is like a meaningless cipher. Deal with it. You're like, I don't. Is it, dude? I don't know. Maybe. I, want I don't think you know everything. But I need to know how you became a like a happy, upbeat person, like a day of gratitude. You know, I, I don't understand. You know, I could, I can't, I don't understand. And so how do we do yes. it? And then like... You're engaged to one of the most emotionally well-adjusted people I've ever met in my life, Ashley Birch, which is only, which I assume is entirely the result of you being this good new sweet boy. How? 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 Yep. yep. Yeah. No, that's a thank you. You have to be, dude. You have to be open-minded to doing lame shit like that. Okay. So first of all, I got sober. That's like the real thing is that I was just gnarly addicted to booze and any pills you would give me and weed and all this other shit. So I stopped that. And then over a long period of time, my positivity is like very hard one. And I have to do it really consistently or else I get suicidal. Like it's not because I'm like a sweet, cool, nice little spiritual guru, dude. It's like everything looks like nightmare trash until I say things aloud to my partner. Like I'm very grateful for our hot water. I'm very grateful that we have a home. I'm so grateful that there's like food in the refrigerator. I'm really grateful that I have all these beautiful friends, who, any one of whom I could call on the phone and tell them what's going on in my heart. And like, that's not that's not my normal internal monologue. My normal internal monologue is like, God, you're a failure. And um, everyone's a, they're either a coward or a money hungry oh, psycho. No. Like, that's what I really that's what I think. But I really like make a. Yeah, totally. That's why I was like drunk all the time because my head was just like, "You're a mo you're a monster. You're a failure. You'll never. You're pathetic. Everybody knows it." Da 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 da. So like, so when I don't do shit like meditate or all these annoyingly Los Angeles things, I yeah, I'm I'm subject to like a really disastrous internal monologue. I I I did a uh, recently. I had a friend who's gotten real into astrology. Again, you have to be open minded <laughs> about doing lame shit. And the dude, he did this, he did this thing, he did my reading and he was like, man, he was like, you've had, you have one of the most intense critical voices I've ever seen. And you're on the precipice now, something about like what my Jupiter is doing, I don't know. He's like, you're on the precipice of like mastering it. And I can't 
tell you the amount of like relief I felt of like, dude, I think I am. Like I'm stepping away from this voice that if unattended goes like, hey, hey, you know what you should do is kill yourself. Yeah. Yeah, like yeah, it's yeah. a good Mine idea. Name Leanne, you know what sometimes I mean? Gretchen. What's yours? <laughs> yeah, I know. I need a, that's a good idea to like, yeah, personify. Yeah, give it. A, I just call it. You know what it is. You know what I've realized is it's. This is interesting. It's teenage Mort. It's like a voice that I developed when I was like a really angry teenager. Who who that teenage mort is also like super funny too like there's a lot of power that comes from that place he's like really smart and he's not wrong that like people are shitty do you know what i mean it's just that like that's the only perspective that he has because he's afraid he's like afraid girls don't like him and he's afraid he's gonna get beat up you know what i mean all the stuff that like a 13 year old boy is scared of that's still in there right so like so yeah, I have to take teenage more to be like, hey buddy, here's what's actually going on. Like you're safe, you're fine, you're fuck you, you're engaged, you <laughs> will have sex again, it will be fine. <laughs> you know, like all that, all that stuff that that like t- teenagers want. You know what I mean? Like I'm doing my best to get us all this cool stuff. I'll get to, I'll do a stand up special. I'll do the stuff you want to do, and we have to learn how to like not be fucking entitled because I'm. Like I said, like left to my own devices, I'm just super entitled. I think I'm not as like rich and famous as I should be and all this other stuff. That is like, mm-hmm. it's not really what the world's about. You know what I mean? It should be about like hopefully trying to help other people a little or whatever, you know? Every teenage boy wants to get his ham sliced. <laughs> <laughs> sliced? Slang. That's slang. You don't really mean it. Yeah. Yeah. This sliced. Is slang of it. <laughs> oh, I, oh, you mean jacked off. Okay. Very cool. Really Very cool. cool. Wait, is that really how that how Teenage Mort's voice <laughs> developed? It was just like your usual teenage neuroses and anxieties and then it, it deepened? Yeah, yeah, totally. And like, and I think for a long, so I got sober at 28. So that's maybe around where my like emotional maturation started. So at 28, I was probably emotionally maybe 12 <laughs> and a half, you know? And now I'm, and I don't, this isn't exactly like chronologically accurate. This is just kind of a ballpark, but I'm 14 years sober now. So let's say I'm like 20 something emotionally, which is still a 22 year old man is like, they only talk about their hams. They're embarrassing. They like, they don't floss. You know what I mean? They're really gross. So like, I'm still working on trying to be a more adult, emotionally adult person. You know what I mean? And, and yeah, so that, so that, so I think I got kind of stuck there, which was kind of a fun place to be. I started doing comedy, and it's really good for comedy, right? Because it's like you just, it's just easy to make fun of shit and be like, you know what I mean? Hey, nice fat legs, you're fucking pathetic, you know, whatever. Like, cool awful bit. stuff. That's a say great bit. You should people. bring that on stage. You should go fat legs, you're pathetic. That's <laughs> just a new five minutes, and then throw the mic into the audience, like Jeff Ross style roasting. You know what I mean? Or or myself, like, or I'll roast myself. Right now, dude, I'm like, I'm sick. I'm just getting over sick and my lips cannot get dry. My lips are as dry and cracked as the surface of the moon. They're so fucking, they like won't take water. <laughs> so that's the kind of stuff my comedy brain will focus on a little bit. And like, just let's talk about how disgusting and what ugly we are or somebody else's, whatever. But yeah, so I got, I think I got stuck there for a long time without the like emotional maturity stuff. And, and even that would be okay. But I think like, I just, I, I get sick. I get super like you're saying, I get fucking depressed. I can't do it. And then that, over a period of time when I found out like, oh, if I do make an effort to do all the lame shit of trying to express gratitude, I'm a little bit less like when I show up and everybody's like, here comes this 
fucking white dude who's also pre- depressed all the time. Like, I don't need this little weird Eeyore around, you know? Um, so, like, I think I'm trying to learn how to just listen to myself more and more. And it's cool where it's like now I'm like, oh, I don't really like parties. I used to think I had to go to parties all the time. Now I'm like, oh, I can go for a half an hour and bail. Nobody gives a fuck. Nobody, they absolutely don't care. You know what I mean? So that's some of it too, is like learning about what it is that I, that I really like and really enjoy. It's like an interesting exercise. But now, um, how long have you been in your current relationship? It's funny, obviously we've talked about this, so it's not, I guess, you know, it's interesting, right? Because we've had you and Ashley on together. We've had Ashley on alone, now you alone. And so I yeah. kind of just always like to kind of, I do think through sort of, you know, there is the unit in a couple and then the two individuals and then sort of the third thing, like the what they make, you know what I mean? When they come together in terms of how they mm. compromise and adjust to each other and what that looks like. So obviously you have been sober for a while before you got in your current relationship. Can you tell me what felt different for you about this relationship in terms of, again, you would have been what emotionally 19 probably at the time (laughs) yeah 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 we've been together so six years so she started dating a 16 year old (laughs) yeah you know well this so ashley you know she's just a genius like she's so funny and fun to talk to that within like three months and i never felt this way in my life within three months of dating her i was like i'll marry i'd marry her and i did not (laughs) tell her that (laughs) you know what i mean i was not ready to be like (laughs) so i think what we and look, like Ashley and I, like I'll just say for me, like I have, like I said, I have baggage. You know what I mean? I have shit. So it's like, and I think she's kind of the same way. It's not. She's. I don't know that she's any more emotionally well adjusted than anybody else. But she like makes a really. She you knows she goes to the therapy and all this stuff. And so like us together is this interesting thing of like, I think I'm kind. I'm a little bit of a lazy so and so. So I do a lot of couch time, just like hanging out with the puppy and and. That's what I bring to the relationship kind of in a, I mean, I work hard too, like in phases, you know, but she works um, incredibly hard. She's one of the hardest working people I've ever seen. So like, I think I help her come down a little bit. Like maybe let's just have like a sloppy sandwich tonight and just not do anything and watch a terrible movie or something. You know what I mean? Wait, wait, wait. What is this sloppy sandwich? For? <laughs> well, dude, we, I, we rec- have you guys had honey bee? Honey, this is the most like Los Angeles shit too. It's a fast food. It's a vegan fast food place. And they have like, so you get a Nashville hot fried chicken sandwich, which is just fucking scorching hot and salt and like this fake mayo. And like they do fries and tots, frots, (laughs) they call them. So so it's like more just hot, delicious sodium, just all piled on on itself, and just sit there and watch like Mission Impossible or some <laughs> fun piece of shit. <laughs> and that sloppy sandwich night. Yeah, I imagine uh, you're saying that. Oh, okay. which I just okay. invented. Okay. That was a thing. Sorry, it's not like this is like, hey, honey, and Adam Sandler's voice. It's sloppy sandwich night. Some like that kind of thing. That was a great Adam Sandler, by the way. That was really good. <laughs> so wait, Mort, who did you date before Ashley? Who famous? <laughs> that's what I want to know. Because I, I phrased that question so badly that it sounded like that's what I was asking or something like that. But yeah, like, what yeah. was your dating history before Ashley? No, it was uh, <laughs> Manny Moore. And then for a, for a period, I mean, we weren't dating, but like Anna uh, Ferris. No, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I th- I've had like several long-term relationships. Uh, and 
I think I get better every time. Like again, in my twenties, it was like those poor girls. Like I would show up at their house high on pills and I just drank a 40. I remember this one time this girl was babysitting somebody and I showed up at their, the, her like boss's house at two in the morning and like threw up in her basement. That's the kind of crazy shit I was pulling, dude. Uh, so I must have been very <laughs> sharp. How long? Wait, after that incident, <laughs> how much longer yeah. did you date? Do you remember? Dude, I, a year. Oh, no. Well, that's what I was going to say. You had to be charming or something because it's like, even on my worst day, I think I would have had to be like, nah, we done with him. Of course, <laughs> dude. I, th- I think I can be very manipulative. or And also like, well, here's the thing. I I also do really love so I like I loved this person that I was with so I think it's this awful situation when you're in a relationship with somebody who's sick like that is like they're great and then they're awful so you're like you're just hoping they'll turn great but they're not until they like get help you know what I mean like just be that kind sweetheart <laughs> who likes to hug or whatever when you say pills what do you mean because I'm someone who is like oh better not have more than one Advil PM. All right, that's going to ruin my night. Yeah, pain pills, <laughs> eppers, you know what I mean? Sort of what was the, yeah. um, what was the, um, what's the word? What's the emotional state you were going for? Yeah, I love downers. So like Vicodin, the I, uh, the occasional Oxycontin was my favorite, but that stuff was hard to get at the time. That's the, I'm very lucky. I, I was like just before the whole opiate, before everything got flooded, really. So yeah, I like downers. Like I'm lucky I never got into heroin or any of that awful stuff because i really i think because i'm pretty high strung i mean i'll do whatever <laughs> one time somebody gave me it uh, like somebody gave me a diet pill and i didn't eat a sandwich i didn't eat for two and a half sandwiches and i had to like not a dude that was the tragedy i said i didn't even have a sloppy sandwich <laughs> for two days but i remember i was i was working at a movie theater and i was sweeping up i just remember this so vis- vividly i had been high on this whatever this like low grade speed was and the end of the movie Monster was playing, the Char- Charlize Theron. And um, Don't Stop Believing is over the playing over the credits. And I was like, this is the greatest experience. <laughs> I am on the mountaintop. Like, it does not get more pleasurable than this. Oh. And then I, ha- I, ha- I had to go force myself to eat a sloppy sandwich because I literally didn't eat for like 72 oh, no. hours or longer, whatever. Yeah, so like... So that's my reaction to like uppers. And then my reaction to downers is like, I remember I did Oxycontin and I would just, I, 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 I think I was watching, um, shit, what's the, I can't remember, what's the name of the, it's like Josh Hartnett and uh, Elijah Wood, Sin City. That's what it was. Watching Sin <laughs> you City. You Josh Hartnett first for Sin City. <laughs> Oh, I'm a big old Hartnett head, baby. That's all. I rate all movies on how much Josh Hartnett right. is in them. Right. Open your Hartnett. Loosen your butt, <laughs> Listen, Loosen your Hartnett. So, and and on and on Oxy, I just remember, I was like, I felt like I was floating above, like, three feet of the couch, and it was m- the most glorious feeling I'd ever felt. And then, like, boom, memory erase. Then the rest of the night just, like, disappeared. And that was my favorite shit. I really love that feeling. Now, look, I'm not trying to have you talk about how drugs are great. I guess why I was asking you was because I was very curious as to, again, as you're an active addict, but you are managing to like do like some comedy, right? You're in Chicago still doing some comedy and you're managing to like date people. And I'm trying yep. to get a sense of like what that personality was, right? You see what I'm saying? Like meaning the guy who walks mm. in was like, okay, he's like not really here. Right, he's like three feet above, but he's also got some real good zingers. 
Let's go on a date with him. You see yeah. how hard it is yeah. for women I, out here. Dude, it was. And all, well, so like, yeah, so I'm, I did a ton of shows, constant shows. So I'm like on stage, like wearing girls jeans because I was very punk <laughs> at the time, like ripped hole in the shirt and like, uh, like hung over his shit and probably being like pretty funny for a improviser or whatever I'm doing. You know what I mean? Like, so I think if you're the kind of person who's like, I always felt like the, the worst that I the worse I was doing, the better I looked. That's how I felt. So I think I was this kind of like little like stray mongrel type dude who was like who was also kind of funny and had some some level of charisma. That if if so if that's what you were if the tragic thing is like if you have somewhat maternal instincts <laughs> and you're like I could probably like help this guy. You know oh, what I mean? It, the improv world is uh, full of those. But I, you'd have to ask other. You'd, I, oh yeah. Improv is so codependent. <laughs> Has to be. So I think you'd have to ask other people like what my personality was, but I am it was that's what it felt like from the inside, uh, you know. What were you doing? Improv Olympic? Were you on the Harold team? Yeah, I was on Harold teams. I was doing the annoyance and doing stand-up too. Like I was going all over the place. So wait, Mort, you're in Chicago, you're doing third beats on Delouded. You are <laughs> you are <laughs> Yeah, that's right. Sweep edits, the whole yeah, deal. Yeah, yeah, Okay, skinny jeans, wearing a skinny jean. You are giving us, like, indie rock. Is he sick? Does he need love? Mm, you but know what I mean? That kind of energy. When do you, when, when do you, you don't have to tell us your bottom, necessarily, but, like, when, yeah. when is, you're just like, this is not working. I mean, a couple just, like, nasty experiences where I, like, well, I was on, like, a two-day blackout, and I... I went to a bar on Southport. It's called Southport Lanes. It was like a bar and bowling alley. It was kind of like a hip, like sort of gentrifying spot. And I had like 11 gin and tonics in the morning. And I knew the bartender. And he said after a while, he was just giving me water. Um, and I, I was like, that one's good. Give me that one. He's like, okay. And he just kept giving me water. And then, and then I like, so I think I was starting blackout. Some friends showed up. I like fell down, hit my head. They had to like carry me down Southport Lanes, which is all like it's like moms and strollers and stuff. And it was like the middle of the day, so they had to like get me home. Then I like got up in the middle of the night and went and got more booze. I don't remember doing that. And then like woke up in the morning and my friend who is a stand up who is like he's not he was not an emotional person. Like he we we'd never had a serious talk, and I'd known this dude for many years. And he was like, "Hey man, you have to figure this out." Like you have to do something. This is and basically sort of saying like you can't live here was kind of the subtext, you know, and like continue this behavior. So it would so th- it was stuff like that would happen, and then I just at one point had this long night of the soul thing or dark night of the soul situation where I was like I had some clarity of like this is not like cool. You're not Lou Reed. Like this is sad. Actually, <laughs> this is a bummer, and you're, it's only gonna get worse. Um, and that, so that was, yeah, it's hard to describe. It's like the external situation, the external circumstances were not nearly as bad as like the final time of like this kind of thing hit of like, mm. you need to stop. By the way, I'm sure Lou Reed wasn't like in the, if you were actually near him or like friends with him or something like that, you'd be like, all right, buddy, get it together. <laughs> he's talking shit on the Beatles so hard. That I was like a random YouTube clip came up or whatever. He's like, the only John Lennon song that's any good is mother. You're like, that's okay. <laughs> You don't like any of them, dude. Yeah, aren't you? Uh, aren't you the guy uh, who used the phrase "colored girls" in one of your songs? I don't think you're the arbiter exactly <laughs> yeah. of like what's <laughs> right. cool and not. <laughs> Me, a little self-reflection. Yeah. I had a tweet that uh, 
<laughs> but he is. Sure, I love it. I love his course. music. I had a tweet that died on the vine though, where it was like the producer <laughs> in the session for uh, what is it? Walk on the wild side, where he says that. I was like, "Are you sure you want to use that phrase?" Yeah. He's like, "Yeah, it's cool. Everyone's using that phrase." They're like, "It's 1979. I don't know. If it, <laughs> I don't know if it's still cool." And he's like, "No, we're gonna put it in." And also, by the way, why does Lou Reed have? Hey, it's me, Lou Reed. I'm like Wolf Fan Jack. Jack. <laughs> Double track it. I want to use the word. Yeah, just like make it as loud as possible. Ugh. You should, this is a nightmare, dude. Yeah. Oh, it's a new character, Lou Manson, actually. It's like, <laughs> hey, Jack, it's me, the Velvet Underground. <laughs> okay, I'm going to stop this bit. And I think it might be a good yes, time to take a quick break. And then we can answer some relationship questions. Because I think more is going to give people the real. Okay? okay. And more is going to give them the real as someone who's been mm. doing a lot of work and said, let's have a gratitude day. So mm. this could be very, very helpful. <laughs> we'll be right back after this. 
For comparison, MeUndies are like wearing a cloud covered in angel's feathers, and the other ones I wear are like wearing a bear trap smothered in puke. MeUndies got style for everyone, from all black classics to fun expressive prints in sizes extra small to 4XL. And they use sustainably sourced materials and work with partners that actually care for their workers. Also, I got to point this out. There is a particular technology that the folks at MeUndies would like me to discuss. Now, you know Naomi is sex negative and I am sex neutral. So I didn't want to have to say what this technology is. So I asked friend of the show, friend in real life, Mort Burke, to say the phrase. So, okay, here it goes. For any listeners with penises and testicles, I can say medical words. I can say medical words. You might be interested in me undies sophisticated contoured pouch and ball caddy. What's that again, Mort? They're incredibly comfortable contoured pouch and ball caddy. Wonderful. Thanks, buddy. Okay, soft underwear comes in all packages at MeUndies. So to get 20% off your first order, plus free shipping, go to MeUndies.com slash therapy. That's MeUndies.com slash therapy for 20% off, plus free shipping. MeUndies, comfort from the outside in. And we're back with Mort Burke here to help you handle your scandal, honey. Mort's been out here, okay? We've got a 17-year-old. I'm just going to call you by the age, your emotional age. You're 17. No, you're, no, you're 27 yeah. now. You are a legal adult. Yeah. So he said he's here. You know what? Yes, he may be alabaster skinned. Yes, he may be heterosexual. But you know what? He can look within and be honest and get right with his God. And that's why we like more. You know me. I only talk to like four white dudes. Okay. <laughs> and one of them is right next to me. One of them I love. Dude, and I, I, I'm legitimately so odd. Well, you, you, uh, Naomi did the incredible service of opening up for my special, which is ridiculous because you're the greatest living stand-up. But you said at the top, you said the whitest man I know, the whitest man I trust. And I want it on my gravestone. <laughs> It's true. Because it is. You're whiter than me. I'm Jewish. At least I have got like a little bit of uh, of uh, the Middle East in me. <laughs> you can trace my family back to the the uh, the Levite tribe. Yeah, I'm like the the old the aliens in Cocoon. I'm like shite. You got to put on sunglasses <laughs> while we're hanging out. It's like it's pretty well. Yeah, you're you're um you're shining like uh, Mr. Burns, the alien in that uh, episode with the Simpsons and Mr. Burns. That's a reference we all get. Uh, we cool. get questions. <laughs> yeah, we yeah. Get the questions from radiant. all over. Naomi is <laughs> putting her head in her hands, shaking her head disapprovingly. I love you, Naomi. <laughs> I said, we gotta bring. You know what? I feel like it's a scientific. Wait, can I? Can I ask? I want to give Naomi whatever she wants. So if you want more like serious stuff, I, I want to give you. If there's any other questions you have for me, I want you to feel. So, if you need heart-centered poignancy, if you whatever you need, I'm, yeah, I'm here to ask, help. Do you have a, Do you have a very serious question you want to ask more? No, 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 I didn't. I was about to say, and I was say first of all, though, I would like to clip that. And Andy, maybe you need to learn from this white man. Nora said, "I want to give Naomi whatever she wants." You need to be thinking like that. I yeah, say girl. that all the time. You need to be thinking I like that. I say that all the time. <laughs> don't, don't. And then. And then, no, what I was gonna say before was, I was like, I believe it's like a scientific fact. I don't know what we should call we should call that maybe the graining phenomenon that you cannot bring two white men together 
without the Simpsons coming out <laughs> within the first 30 minutes. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's like it takes within 30 minutes, two white men <laughs> will bring up the Simpsons. That's it. I like that. Yeah, because we can't we can't talk about what's going on in our heart or our, our emotional experience. So we have to be like, hey, remember comic book guy? <laughs> I like that. The graining principle. Thank you. Yeah. I'm going to start using that. The graining principle is always at play. It's happening around us. And this is the danger of bringing two white men together because it just will happen. Yeah. Yeah. And then it's like, where am I? Because you know, I don't have I don't have any Simpsons um, knowledge. Like I know the show, but not enough to, you know, call on things. So I can't partake. All right. So this first question: sure. What was your? Did you have? What was your version of the Simpsons? No, no. no what my version? I just want to keep. T- I just want to keep talking to you guys. No, I'm so no, no. sorry. That's great. No, what is? What is your version of the Simpsons? Buffy, maybe mm. like a show that I could quote, and that if you get it, I'm like, oh, you're one of my people. Probably mm. Buffy the Vampire Slayer might have been one of those for me. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. And that's how we bonded. That's big. That's big for Ashley too. No wonder you two get along so beautifully. I know. Mm-hmm. She gets it. She gets the darkness. And she gets the light. She understands she- the, the the romance between mm. Angel and Buffy. <laughs> Mort, would you say you're an angel to Ashley's Buffy? Yeah. Yeah. Angel's the guy with the beautiful jawline. <laughs> yeah, <that's it>. <laughs> <laughs> this first question. Okay. Yeah, it's me. Tall and ready. <laughs> this first question Let's go. Uh, is about weddings and COVID, I thought it was now with our wedding in two weeks from this taping, Mort, you will be there and you will be full of antibodies. So you will be one person I'm not afraid to be near. So, but uh, I thought this would be good for us. Wait, but also I want you to know more FYI, the mocktail game is on point for the yeah. wedding. Cause you know, Andy doesn't drink. So, you know, we have, we have uh, our mocktail. It's called the Gnome Chomps Kiki. And it's like blueberry soda with like lime and lemon. It's going to be very good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love a multi-flavored aromatic cocktail. I cannot wait. This I was already excited for this wedding, but this is put it over the top. I'm so sorry. Blueberry. <laughs> a little I'll take a little lilac, a little lavender, whatever right. you got. Here we go. Hi, Andy and Naomi. Thank you so much for your show. Um, you're hilarious, and I also really appreciate that you guys are still acknowledging that COVID exists. Um I was wondering how you're handling COVID safety for your wedding. And also, I am having some trouble with um, one of my friend's upcoming weddings. I've been to weddings throughout the pandemic, um, but actually, as time has gone on, I've felt more and more scared, especially since actually getting COVID. My infection was pretty bad, and I look up studies and see, you know, all the potential risks of reinfection, mm-hmm. um, what can result from reinfection, and I just don't know if I can handle, like, going to this wedding and wearing a mask. I feel like people will think I'm a freak, and it will make them uncomfortable, um, and I think it really will. I don't think that's just me being anxious, and, yeah, I just wanted to get your thoughts on how you're handling all of this, and... Um, yeah, I was excited for this wedding, and as more and more people ignore that COVID exists, I actually feel more and more scared because I know that they're not going to be taking any cautions. Thank you. 
This is you, Andy. This is this me. Is, this question is all this you. Is I mean, a... you set it up. I think you just wanted to use the chance <laughs> to explain yourself <laughs> to people. I did. So, so now we. I was just saying that's Andy doing an incredible impression of like a lovely twenty-nine-year-old woman, <laughs> <laughs> or like. <laughs> uh-huh. So what do you do now? You're the brilliant one, Andy. <laughs> <laughs> Andy, how? What do you do with all uh, with all of that talent? Is it oppressive? But yeah, so I mean, the number one thing we're doing is having it outside. I think is the is the big thing, and that uh, uh, there's the dancing has to be inside. I couldn't control that, so I'm getting air purifiers enough. I did the math about the square footage there, and enough air purifiers to do six changes of air an hour, and uh, masking's encouraged. That those are the things at the at the indoor part. Um, we also, I just am, I'm drafting like one email to our wedding planner with like all my little odds and ends questions. And one thing I was gonna t- I'm asking her to do is also on March first, send an email out to everybody who's RSVP, just being like, we're ten days out. A lot of you are gonna be flying. Please be mindful and mask indoors. And we'd love if you you know wore a mask on the plane. You know, take a if you feel remotely sick, take a COVID test. Just to have her just kind of put it in people's minds. But again, this is definitely, mm. and I'll let you honestly, because I trust me, I know this is your world, but I think one of the things that is um, so tough about this, and um, I don't know if I'm more scared than I was in the beginning when like all we saw every day was people dying on vent- ventilators. But what I definitely feel now is more mm. isolated because um no one else seems to care and there is no mandate that people behave a certain way in shared public spaces. So I think that is what is tough. And I do hear what you're saying, caller, when you're like, I don't think I am overreacting because I do feel that way. I feel like when we go in a space in our masks, Andy with his purifier, which always starts a conversation. (laughs) It's always, what is that? What are you doing? It immediately reminds people of something that they would like to forget. And it Mm. can change the tenor Mm -hmm. of the interaction. Some people can take it or not. Like, Well, more. let me ask. Did you hate me when I came into your house and wore a mask and had my air purifier with me? No, no. I thought it was kind of funny. I thought it was like watching someone like having to carry around like an iron (laughs) or something. You know what I mean? I was like, shit, this dude's got a big old. It's not that big. (laughs) He's got like a, a huge. He's got a huge. No, hand. but it was a piece of machinery that you were holding directly, yeah, directly in, front in front of your face. face. So that's directly. just like, it's just. <laughs> but I, I love you. I don't care. You know what I mean? And that's that's kind of what I want to say to this caller a little bit. And first of all, I can hear in her voice that she's like a very kind-hearted pe- person. Do you know what I mean? I, I really got that sense. So I, I, I love that you guys are kind of empathizing with the challenges he's going, she's going through because this is really real and it's scary and it's important to acknowledge that and not like be in denial about that for yourself because you cannot control how anyone exactly. else reacts to this thing. And that's sort of the, that's like the gift of it. I think if you're willing to step into that. So I would, I, I was talking about my teenager. I felt like I, I heard her teenager a little bit when she was talking about worrying about what other people mm. were thinking. I would encourage her to have to sometimes with these teenagers or whoever's, the scared little kid, just like you would with the little kid, like, you don't have to worry, I got this, like firm but loving. And by that, I mean, like, it doesn't matter what other people think about this. Let them be uncomfortable about this mask. Let them have a face full of like, oh, yeah, 
COVID is still an actual thing. You know what I mean? And, and it's not easy, but for like, for sort of timid people, I think this is a, and I'm a timid person, even though I could be loud and boisterous, like my heart is fearful. <laughs> <laughs> so like, it's a good, it's a good time, I think, to take this opportunity to step into that power. Like, yeah, I have a fucking mask on. I think it's cool that you bring the, the, the t- mini iron lung <laughs> everywhere when you need it. You know what I mean? Like, fuck what other people think. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I think one of the things that's, that's kind of, um, made me prepared for this is I was already a weird person that people were just like, why is he referencing the Simpsons? Except for Mort. But like, <laughs> but like I was already kind of like, I didn't listen to the same music. A lot of other people didn't listen to, or I didn't watch a lot of the same movies. Other people watched. more TV shows, even though now I think you're much more in line. Cause you said, I want to keep up with culture, but no, I understand what you're saying. Cause you're like, I grew up as kind of the quote unquote, not even that weird as much as again, like, indie rock into your own thing reading noam chomsky for fun like it's not in line with everybody you meet so you were already like hey i do this thing i do and this is what i like and it's definitely something that um i'm envious of with you know uh but and also something you've kind of taught me a little bit more to be i still i'm still very people pleasy i want you to like me i want you to think i'm cool me too and i'm afraid of confrontation Mm -hmm. but me too there is more so when you say Mm -hmm. like i'm Mm -hmm. you know like, I think my thing is, I think I have managed to let go of judging everybody so harshly for not wearing a mask. What I'm trying to do is, all I can do is control myself. And if putting a mask on in an indoor space, or even outside if you in my face. Because my whole thing is, we could be outside, but if you really yell it in my face, it's the same damn difference. <laughs> so... I But if I can wear that mask and it brings <laughs> comfort, then... That's what I'm going to do. And I just won't talk about it. Like, I'm not here to like, I, you know, and, and this is the thing. You can't control that other people see your mask as a judgment. That's the problem. The problem is not you being safe. It's that they, they will see you wearing a mask and think you think they're not careful. They're not this. They're not sure. that. They and it's like it as a as a blank slate to project yep. their own uh, insecurities and probably what they what they actually do believe, which is yes. like, I should be wearing a mask, but I don't want to. So... I'm not going to. Uh, yeah. It's but, like, don't remind me to be worried. Uh, don't remind me right. to be worried. And that's what you've done. But it's like, it's the same yep. thing. I don't know if you felt this way more. And I probably better as we're older. And Andy, uh, the same thing was like, it's, you know, when you don't drink, right? The people who got their own issues are the first people to be like, why aren't you drinking? Yes. Why aren't you drinking? What? It'll be like, bitch, you need a meeting. You need a meeting because you are too clued into what somebody else is doing. <laughs> Yeah, right. Why is it that? Exactly. Exactly. And like, and also, and you don't do this for other people, but you never know. You put a mask on and other people who want to wear a mask but are afraid because of judgment themselves might be like, oh, shit. Okay, thank God. I can actually like care for myself now. And like, and I understand it's definitely easier said than done to say, like, don't worry about what other people think. But you can really gain strength from like moment by moment walking yourself through that process of like, okay, now I'm putting on my mask because it's for me now because I believe this is real. I'm going to be here for this for me. You're like telling yourself in the face of other people, the potential for other people's judgment. You know what I mean? That like, I deserve health. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And I also think with this wedding, depending on where it is, you know, if it's a, if it's a big travel, it's different. Like if it, if you were like to travel to get there, but like, if you go to that wedding and you feel like once you get into dinner or they get into dancing, you know, if it's a really crowded spot or if it's just feeling like whatever, I want you to feel comfortable enough to walk away. Now that's easier said than done. If you have to like fly across the Bail. country to go. Bail. <laughs> Bail. Yeah. 
Bail. Just, dude, bail. Or don't go. Also is also fine, but it sounds like you want to go. So, yes, dude, bail. Magically just disappear. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They yeah. call that the COVID goodbye. <laughs> just like, fuck this, I'm out. Oh, yeah. I, yeah. I, yeah. I, I will say something that, you know, Andy and I have dealt with in this kind of isolation, it, you know, and certainly, again, as as restrictions have lifted, as people feel like, well, I got sick and it was a cold, quote unquote, felt like a cold. I am fine um, that, you know, people are less worried. So, you know, I will say our social lives have gotten a lot smaller. I definitely think I'm not invited mm. to stuff. Because people know I'm not going to come inside. You know what I mean? A lot of people are eating dinner inside. Mm. And that's like one of the things you probably will never get me to do again. Because I'll tell you this, though. I never liked restaurants anyway. Like, I like food that I don't cook. But I don't need to be in a crowded space of strangers. Like, I've never enjoyed, like, being, you know, table to table with somebody, hearing their conversation. Or, like, like, that I don't, you know. But I have really, like, I, I do see, I do sometimes spiral into this feeling that like is this what my life is going to be indefinitely because I'm a person who still does not want to get sick and does not find many activities worth the risk and even the wedding planning you know obviously when we started planning again we set outside we thought LA has a relatively temperate climate we'll see above rehail and rain and we got leaks in our fucking windows and shit and so <laughs> my plan is again it's two weeks of the wedding I am hoping that we can have all the rain we want but come March 11th the sun better come out Annie style okay bitch bet your bottom dollar <laughs> that's what I want for the safety of everybody but you know these these are the ways okay how can i do this thing that i've wanted to do while still being mindful of the fact that we there are long-term effects to catching this thing okay so we do it outside and we ask people to be safe but also we've done all we can do yeah we've done all we can do i cannot control what you do i can't control how you get here i can't control Mm. if you wear a mask on the plane or not i cannot you know whatever but I already asked my mom even, I said, I was like, hey, ma, can you get some nice fabric and maybe put like an overlay so I can like put an overlay on a mask on like a KN95 so that if I do have a moment there that I don't feel comfortable, mm-hmm. I can put on a mask, but I'm still serving a bridal love. Oh, I got a good idea. <laughs> uh, ramp up to this because I know that I started to feel very when we went to the Mythic Quest premiere mm-hmm. when we were outside i we were near people and i started to feel a little anxious but i felt weird putting a mask on so i i really didn't except i think there was at one point when so where i was talking close to someone and they like like um saliva spittle, spittle. spittle came out of their mouth and landed on my cheek and i was like fuck this and i put on <laughs> and i put on mm. the mask but i've been ramping up and then i went to <laughs> um uh there was a, like an outside party for jenna friedman because jenna and josh are also very COVID safe so they did an outside party and when i was like kind of like having conversations with people on the fringes i felt somewhat safe but the minute that there was like a density of like eight people talking like r- right next to each other i'm just like fuck it i put a mask on and it was fine i didn't have to explain myself to anyone everyone was just like didn't matter i'm such a scintillating <laughs> interesting conversationalist that the mask yeah. is just the tax you pay to interact sure. with me well yeah i mean this to get my brilliance to get my insights to get <laughs> the comedy that is pearls before swan <laughs> why that mask is yeah a tax. they're lucky these yeah 
Yeah, these pigs are lucky. <laughs> uh, these pigs are lucky you're talking thank to. You thank you for agreeing. <laughs> so I think ramp up. Just try like try a couple things where you you wear a mask. Yeah, totally. Because yeah, you deserve to feel comfortable. You know what I mean? I think and also I'll say this, this might be a hot take too, but like once you get the numbers, once you figure out where everything is COVID wise, stop looking at it. Because once you have the information that is there, the the like delving deeper into all of the nightmare experiences that people are having with this are yeah, is not gonna right. help you. Yeah, you're hundred you know? percent right about that. So I would just stay away a little bit from the very like fearful energy that is legitimate. I'm not saying, you know, it's completely legit, but it's like you have the potential to like mire yourself in that fear. And that's not great for you over a protracted period of time. Like you'll actually get sick. I really believe that. Like if you spend all this time being afraid, it's bad for your whole system. You know, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, no, I know. I definitely am someone I don't try to actively, I don't actively read about it now. It's like, I know what I know. I know what I need to know. I know what to do safety wise. If I feel like the safety measures I want to take are not good enough, I don't go. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm a KN95 gal for the most part because usually I'm trying to keep my yes. hair together. So I just need those ear <laughs> loops, okay? But if I was in a space and I wear my mask and I always do and I still feel like my mask is not enough because it's either too dense, too dirty, too whatever, then that's just not the space for me, right? Um, and certainly then you can have like a more serious, like the N95 where you have to kind of wrap it around the head, which I get. And that, for instance, like I have some stuff I have to do leading up to the wedding. Then I will wear my N95. And I just tell, you know, and if someone asks, and they don't even really, but it's like, I got a wedding coming up. I ain't playing no games. You know what I mean? And, and that's what I've learned, too, now as stuff goes on in life. And as there I notice I have ebbs mm -hmm. and flows of my anxiety, right? When I have something big and important coming up, I will act like it is November 2020. Because I'm like, oh, I can't risk getting sick. The thing I value is more important to me than, like, going to your going to dinner with you or doing whatever right and then when i don't have stuff going on mm -hmm. then it's not such a worry not again i never want to get sick but my active worry about it definitely goes away but your precautions you you realize that your precautions are enough in those cases right and that you're not yeah and i think and you also have you you have your i got you an air purifier to also carry around with yeah you. but not, so me to have well you know i don't like to be running around with it though literally because i'm like the logistics of this feels complicated sure like to <laughs> hold it and then do anything else i'm like i don't understand mm -hmm. but again we're coming up on stuff mm -hmm. and i'm like okay let me take this in this room yeah and if people here's the thing uh, when I was getting my suit fitted uh, about a week ago, two weeks ago, I should really call them and find out where uh -huh. my suit is. You should get your suit. But I was getting, and I had my N95 plastered to my face, and I was holding the air purifier. And uh, the woman who's assisting the tailor was asking, like, "Oh, oh, or." Do you uh, are you immunocompromised or something like that? And I just said, oh, well, my wedding is coming up. And she dropped it after that. So make up if someone asks you a thing, just make up a huge thing. Come in. You're like, oh, you know what? I'm in an award ceremony. I'm getting a Nobel. Uh, <laughs> I'm getting a Nobel award soon. And um, I need to I, I, I can't get sick yeah. before then. Like make up a thing and, and people will drop it. Yeah, and there's power in not explaining. This happened to me recently because I was like, uh, so I got sick, I got COVID. It was actually pretty tight. I, I don't know. I'll, I'll <laughs> uh, no, it sucked. So I'm like, <laughs> 
so I'm like, so, and I had a, I had an appointment to take our beautiful little pit bull Cody to get his, like the shot that he needed. And I was about to call the lady and explain that I was sick. And I was like, wait, what? So I just called, and this, by the way, this lady's like the the secretary at the veterinarian. Is, she's like, you can tell she's temperamental. Like I'm scared <laughs> of her kind of, she's not happy with her job. She sounds crabby, you know? But I was just like, oh yeah, I have to reschedule. And she goes, okay. And in my mind, I had like already planned this whole thing about like explaining that I had COVID. You know what I mean? It's like, I'm an adult. I don't need to over explain shit. And there's power in just being like, no, I like this. No, I don't like yeah. this. I feel yeah. safer. Yeah. Absolutely. If you're wearing a mask, be like, no, I love wearing end it. End of story. <laughs> I love wearing it. Yeah, yeah. You'll never see the you'll never see the bottom yeah. half of my face again, motherfucker. Yeah. From here up is gorgeous. I'm covering my like <laughs> trouble spots. Okay. Well, good luck with this. Let us know how it goes. It's, it's true. So, in summation, wear the mask. You don't have no is a full sentence because I want to is a full sentence, and or. I've got a mm. really big blank in next week. If you feel pressed, you the can Kennedy always Kennedy Center tell. honors. I'm being honored, I'm being by, honored by the, Kennedy, by the Center. Kennedy Center is also a full sentence. And <laughs> let us know how it goes. And we'll be thinking of you and we're trying our best too. Yeah. Oh, I was going to say, yes, I'm, I'm actually the poet laureate of, uh, of <laughs> this country. And I'll be being, being receiving my award very soon. So I need to avoid yeah, But to cough. be fair, you were given that honor under Trump, so it doesn't count that much. Yeah, I wrote a poem about him. <laughs> but like how his butt, his ass wasn't actually fat. Like people were made. It was all, it was a deep fake. This one I picked because I knew that Mort is sober. So I, this is specifically Mort. Ooh. For, only for you. In fact, we're not allowed to answer it. <laughs> This comes to us anonymous from Gmail. Naomi, do you want to read this one? Sure. Hi, Naomi and Andy, an esteemed guest. Longtime listener, first time writing in because I'm an introvert. Huge fan of the podcast and of you both in general. Naomi, I first discovered you from Two Dope Queens, and I've been a fan of your sweet, dulcet tones ever since. Thank you. I also saw you in LA last year at the Naomi and Friends tour. It was incredible. My own Jubu and I actually got into a little argument right before your show, and by the end of the show, we were laughing and holding hands. A magician you are. Honestly, I'll take it. Okay, because if I can bring lovers together who have been fighting, I said, I get it. This is a bit heavy, but I'm someone that struggles with substance abuse issues, particularly alcohol, and have a long history of alcoholism in my family. I've always been so inspired by the fact that both of you are sober, especially as people who work in entertainment. Well, I don't drink. Well, yeah, you just said, but I don't don't want to ruin you, but okay. I find it very rare to see celebrities in the public eye who speak openly about sobriety slash practice it themselves. I often think of you two during hard moments and find inspiration and hope. I was wondering if you had any advice for someone who is struggling with their relationship to alcohol, constantly trying and failing to find a balance and finding it hard to find motivation to get or stay sober. Some context. I'm a 28-year-old female-identifying human, and I live in a major city. I'm on Lexapro and would say I have a nice cocktail of depression and anxiety, especially in social situations. I have also tried AA, and it wasn't for me, mostly because I'm not very religious. Actually, I'm not at all religious, LOL, but I would consider myself spiritual and or agnostic. I don't know. (laughs) That's a question mark. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) I have a lovely partner of two-plus years who has been super supportive throughout this journey, although he doesn't have the same personal experience with alcohol and other substances. He encourages me to explore sobriety and or drink in moderation, which just seems to not be possible for me despite seemingly endless attempts. I am an only child that grew up with a codependent single mother who called me her best friend. Uh My whole family in general is just a lot and gives me major anxiety, which is where I believe I picked up the habit of drinking to escape. 
It is very difficult for me to imagine myself being sober at social events. I've had periods of sobriety in my life, usually lasting for a few months or more. I have enjoyed them, but seem to always end up in the same old cycle with drinking. I also like to be creative in music and writing spaces and have an irrational fear that I won't be as good or as funny while sober. Oh, not true. I have also gotten myself into several very dangerous situations under the influence of alcohol and have scared myself and my partner multiple times. I end up justifying it later, telling myself that things like this Mm. are normal and happen to everyone. I am also in therapy right now, and I love my therapist, but I tactfully avoid this topic, which is admittedly the first place I should probably start. Mm -hmm. Sorry, that was a lot. Not trying to trauma dump on you here, LOL, but any thoughts or advice you have about this would be so helpful and appreciated. Thank you so much for taking the time to read this email. Love to you both, and congratulations on your upcoming nuptials. P.S. I listened to Suburban Speeding, and it had me cackling the whole time. P.P.S. Casting my vote here for couples therapy butt plugs. The listeners want butt plugs. The listeners want butt plugs. The listeners want butt plugs. <laughs> oh, I know. I'm a fan. Yeah, <laughs> so, okay. So, basically, any advice for someone who is struggling with their relationship to alcohol, constantly trying and failing to find a balance, finding it hard to find motivation to get or stay sober? Mort. Yes. Beautiful. So, yeah, let me say real quick to Andy and Naomi, you know, I'm going to try and talk about this anonymously, right? Because I got up for my own program. I gotta, I'm just going to use the word recovery and hopefully mm-hmm. that will suffice. Uh, so, yeah, I just want to say beautiful work writing in. And I'm so, I want to just say really grateful for you guys for providing a space for people who I relate to, the first caller and the second caller, probably introverted types who have not only difficulty with emotions, depression, anxiety, but have difficulty talking about it and don't feel like they know where they could put it. You know what I mean? So this is a, you guys, not whatever. I, I know this is a comedy podcast, but I'm like so proud of you and grateful that, that these people are reaching out and they feel like they can, you know, you. it's powerful. Thank you, dad. It's beautiful. Thank you. Hell yeah, yeah dude. So, man, I'm, te- I'm dude, I did this whole comedy special just to be in couples <laughs> therapy. I'm peaking right now. Um, <laughs> We would have, you know, we would have had you on anyway, right? <laughs> nah, I'm not good enough. I gotta do. I have to do an entire half hour of comedy for anybody. It's like the person who writes a book just so they can sell the rights, so they can turn it into a TV show. They're like, well, the script isn't selling, so I'm gonna <laughs> like write the book first. <laughs> and it's always a bad TV show, always. So, okay, so there's a bunch of stuff in here that I really, I will just say, I really, really relate. I relate to, I, it's cool that they know they're sort of spiritual and also agnostic is fine. Like it's all fine. Um, I, I definitely didn't really know I w- had a desire for spirituality until I got sober because I was utilizing alcohol as a way uh, to fill that thirst, basically, to like seek to see if maybe there was something greater than me out there that could help uh-huh. me live my life, basically, like a, a loving universe. That's what I was really mm-hmm. looking for. You know what I mean? Because to me, it always felt really dark and unloving, at least starting at like 11 years old and I started to feel really bad. So that is to say that I personally am in recovery and I am not religious and spirituality perfectly suffices. And that my experience with it is I get to make my own decisions about what I believe in and what I don't believe in. And I've never been asked by anyone in recovery to believe something other than what I believe. And so for me, it's been a cool journey to learn for what that means for myself, to take what I can use and leave the rest, right? So I know that I personally can't stay sober without help. Like I didn't know. So the first time I got sober and I had to go to a, I was working at a bar, I was doing a show, you know what I mean? And I was like, I'm not going to give up comedy. Like that's not, 
it's my purpose. Do you know what I mean? I have to do this. So like, I can't, it's not worth not drinking if I'm not funny. I of course had that fear. I've talked to everyone has Mm -hmm. that fear. Everyone has that fear of I won't be creative without it. You know what I mean? And the reality for me is that like, it's kind of harder, but it's better. Like I, uh, that, that, uh, that armor, that false protection of making the world fuzzy so I don't have to deal with it because it's too bright is gone. And that can make the strength of whatever my art is a lot deeper and richer, right? So I, I my experience is I'm actually probably better. And I'm fucking sober, so I'm not like, oh, what, if, what if you didn't have money for booze? Is that <laughs> funny? You know, it's like, you can, it's, like <laughs> it's like hard to, you're like so myopic in the shit you think about, you know? So I, when I first, so I called a sober friend and I said, I'm going to a bar. And they said, okay, call me when you leave. And I wanted to stay sober. And so I did it with the help of another person, which I found in recovery. You know what I mean? And then when I call, I was like, I'm not going to call this person hammered. And I actually want to stay sober. So it taught me, there's a kind of humility there. Like that's what's required is I had to acknowledge like, dude, I can't handle this. Like I know for me, if I have a, if I have one drink, it's either four more or 19 more and I'm not in control. And like this caller said, I found myself in dangerous situations and it was scary. It's especially not to genderify it, but it's like especially scary if you're a woman. Yeah. You know, like people will take gnarly, they will take gnarly advantage of that, you know? So yeah, I would just encourage this person and say that there is help out there. Continue reaching out for help despite it being scary. That was my experience is like the more, when I ask for help, it comes and I had to be ready for that. And you get to decide. It doesn't have to get worse, any worse than it is now. Yeah. You know what I mean? It just doesn't. You can you can stop now. You can get help and stop yeah. right now. I, I also think too, you know, as you you know, this person mentions going to AA and being like, well, I didn't like it for this. Here's the thing. AA and like recovery in general is made up of alcoholics. So which means you're going into a group of imperfect people, which means you gotta look and find the people that work for you. Meaning you, you went to one meeting or you tried one space, you got to go to different ones. You got to meet the people who will then make up that network that is right for you. Because certainly you will hear some people saying some shit where you go, okay, no, I am not one of them. But then you'll hear like somebody else say something and you're like, okay, that's, that's my person and I'm vibing with them. You do not walk into a room of strangers in recovery and have it be a magical <laughs> group hug. That's not it. That's not it. And so... I think it's also the same way, you know, people talk about finding a therapist, um, finding just a plain old GP. Anytime we are looking for help, we may have to look around. So you got to take your time and find the people and you have to be patient with that. And so I would also ask, too, you know, you mentioned here having um, periods of sobriety um, a few months or more. And I guess what I would ask is, what are you doing in those few months where it's working, meaning are you hanging out with a different group? Are you doing something like, what is it that kind of gets that started for you? And then also looking at, okay, well, what is it then that will cause you to drink again? You know, is it a family function where you go, I can't with these hoes. And it's like, and then you just go and do that. And then it's like the same way. Again, we've talked before about like, again, somebody with a, who wants to be in a place and they don't feel safe about COVID. It's the same thing when it comes to you trying to be sober, you go out and some people working, leave leave we had guest tomas matos on who is sober and one of the things is they were talking about how when they are done they just leave now you know what i mean and before they were like oh yeah i'll be out till three four in the morning and sometimes i can still turn up 
till three, four sober. Mm-hmm. But now if it's 1030, yes. I could also leave then too. And I think it's the same yep. thing with this. So when you like, what are these situations that make you feel like, oh, I can't, you know, we, I mean, uh, Lord knows if you listen to this podcast, you know, we stay talking about boundaries and stay talking about parents. And so you may find mm. that for a little <laughs> while you can't deal with certain people until you are fortified and have the tools to be around them without having to get out, having to take yourself out of it, you know, with a substance. So I think it is this understanding of mm-hmm. as well of like being being patient, knowing that it's not going to be one size fits all when you do find whoever, whether that's a recovery group or just some other people, you know, in your life who don't drink, who then become a network, whatever it looks like for you. Cause I'm not going to push a specific thing, but you got to find like what that is. You know what I mean? And then it's like, and then you kind of, I think you, you can learn along the way what can be done. You know, I think that it's true. If you, if you writing in and talking to us and having these feelings, like, you know, what has to happen, but yeah, it's going to be, you're overhauling things a bit. Yeah. You are. And I think there's something that uh, winds its way, a theme that winds its way through both of these questions, which is the straitjacket, that waspy white politeness and the need for conflict-free existence existence kind of puts on people who maybe – Maybe no one. I, you know, I used to. I, I was. I say like, oh, well, maybe you know, there's people here and there in the fringes who don't want this. But I, I, the more, the older I get, the more I wonder. Maybe no one wants this, and this is just this cultural thing that is placed on us that is reinforced through our behavior. That is, I, you know, in uh, Marxist terms, it's called social reproduction, right? We reproduce this stuff by behaving in alignment with it. But maybe no one really wants to be polite and conflict-free, and they want to just do their own fucking thing, which is whatever. Wear a mask yep. or be sober and, you know, it's... Uh, or say, I don't want to come to the family reunion because I can't stand all of you, but <laughs> feel like I should, right? Like, whatever that is. Right, and there's some, you like, you know, look, I'm not saying, like, you got to be, yep. like, uh, yep. Andrew Dice Clay <laughs> and be like, hey, fuck this. <laughs> I am. That's exactly what I'm saying. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Hickory dickory dock. Bring your dirty lyrics. I'm going to do whatever I want. Hey! <laughs> right, I'm not saying that you be an asshole. No, but dude, and then what, what happens is the people who are sensitive, like, oftentimes very creative often introverted people get stuck on the sidelines because they're afraid of what other people are going to think about them and it's now is the time we need those people more than ever like we there's so much gnarly shit happening in the world we need like sensitive joyful heart-centered people to be in the middle if they can and express themselves you know what i mean and like you know just with the with the booze thing like i know for me like i just can't have i can't have one i cannot have one and since i stopped having one my life has steadily over time improved dramatically to where i turn around i'm like i can't believe how good my life is and i had all those fears about not being funny and all that other shit and we can say as people who were there for more half hour he was very funny and very sober and if you've seen any of my stand-up you know, I, you know, that was a sober person who was on stage. Cause I also think too, I know there was that feeling of getting honest. When you start to be honest in your life, it really does serve your creativity. You know, when you start just like speaking openly and connecting with people in a real way in real life, that does translate to then the writing, the performing, the everything else, because you're getting rid of that fear of who you are. 
At least that's what I think in a way. Because mm. once you kind of get a little used to it, then it's like, because I don't know. Because I, I remember, I know for me, a, a lot of ways I just handle stand-up now too. It's like, I actually kind of go towards whatever I'm ashamed of because I find that it is talking about stuff that I'm ashamed of that resonates mm. the most with people. Like it's the stuff that I feel like, ooh, this is so mm. gross or this is so bad that if you say it, and then that's that's where the biggest laugh, laugh is. It's in the specific that is then like universal. Like people, I said... People, how many people message me yep. about me saying in my Netflix half hour that I like to sit down in the shower and I talk about sitting in the shower and so many people were like, yes. <laughs> and it was like, and literally me sitting in the shower is like when I'm too sad to go on. And instead of holding that as like, see, you're so terrible and you're so, <laughs> and you're so whatever, put it out there. You realize not only are you not, it's not so terrible. You're also not the only one who does whatever the thing is, but that's again about kind of being honest, I think. And so, but again, that's down the line. I think it's really about, yes. as Mort saying is like you, this is not something you do by yourself. It's also something, you know, you talked about, you know, your partner and stuff, but it's like, that's not on them either. Right. Like it can't, they, they cannot be your reason for sobriety. They cannot be your sponsor. They cannot be your whatever. You gotta that's right. find those other people so that you are able yep. to be a good partner and person to yourself. Because Lord knows, sometimes Andy be working double, triple duty. And he don't need that in his life. He don't need it in his life. He tired. You <laughs> 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 can see he's exhausted. But yeah. And- look at the rings. <laughs> look at the and that, rings. You know, oh, yeah, it's tragic. You look rings. sick. Look at that. <laughs> <laughs> But and and then I'll say too, like when you start getting involved, we if you're like me, I'm an alcoholic, and we have this thing we call terminal terminal uniqueness, where I think I'm different than <laughs> everyone, and my brain is is very good at deciding why I'm different uh-huh. from you, why I don't belong here, and it's fucking lonely. You know what I mean? So by the way, you don't have to just be an alcoholic to have <laughs> terminal <laughs> uniqueness, <laughs> right? I don't. The only difference is that alcohol makes it stop for me. And for you, it probably doesn't. <laughs> or not long enough. Nope. Result. Nope. <laughs> Never did. Yeah. Right. Which is kind of fucking worse. At least I got a break for a little while. You know what I mean? Yes. Like you, that's you why I did it. Like, that's yeah. why, like, I, I don't like the taste of alcohol. So I never. And, and the times I'm like, I thought this was supposed to shut my brain off or make it easier to talk to women. It did neither of those things. I was like, no matter how <laughs> yeah, much no. I drank, I was still like, uh, and again, I've had a. Uh, I've I've drank like maybe I can count it on two hands how many times I've had alcohol in my life because every one of them I'm just like this sucks. <laughs> this is just this is shitty. I don't like the taste. I want a milkshake. Just give me a fucking milkshake, <laughs> which tastes good. That's your whiskey in the morning. <laughs> Sorry, Mark, but you were but so like no, no, it's great. I love it. Yeah. So so learn how to see the similarities and not the differences with the people who you're trying to get involved with. You know what I mean? That's that's been a key. That's been a key thing for for me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Is to, and like when you when you learn that oh shit I'm not that different like all these fears that I have that are the same fears as everyone else then I start to realize that this loneliness which still affects me and I still work on is like it's coming from my own head it's not because I'm super different it's because I'm a human being and I'm and it feels weird to be on Earth <laughs> <laughs> like it just feels weird to be here so. yeah 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 but you know, you know and like and and no and you. Your thing about sitting in the shower, like, like, do people fucking love you? And of course they should because you're doing that hard work of, like, bringing out that, like, dark shit nobody wants to talk about and putting it in front of people. It's great. I, I just wanted to point out, well, first of all, thank you so much. But, uh, you know, I am 
a modern day saint. But also, <laughs> um, what you said when you said it's weird being on this planet, I said that's growth because my impulse is it's painful and awful being on this planet. But you said weird, and weird is the growth. You see what I'm saying? Like, you've decided it's not terrible. You just decided it's weird. And it was funny because that was one of the questions I wanted to ask you when you talked about how, you know, getting you know, learning to shut off that uh, negative voice. Teenage more. Teenage more, but then also saying, you know, that like, it seems like you're on the other side of like really kind of managing it. And I just wanted to know how long that took because, you know, I just really felt like it, it wasn't really coming. It wasn't really coming round. And, you know, I think it's ultimately, you know, I could be very lazy. And, you know, what I'm hearing from you too, writer, is, you know, it is, it is a lot of work to change. And I get it because I'm lazy as hell. Like I is you know like the devil I know, the devil I know and can complain about and point to mm. as the reason for X Y and Z. I'll keep it around forever because you can <laughs> because you have it you have a devil to point to yeah. And on the other side of that you're just like oh shit it's my responsibility. Me. Hi, I'm the problem. Yeah. It's me. You know very Taylor Swift. I don't know if Taylor <laughs> Swift did the steps. You know. Well, dude, and and for me it was like I real for me it's like self pity. That's my huge. That's what I realized. And I had no idea because it was like a fucking goldfish with water. It's that old cliche of like I. And that was the lens I saw through everything. Is like this secret little thing of like I'm a victim. You know what I mean? And I'd experienced trauma and all this shit. I wasn't wrong that I had some challenges. You know what I mean? But. <laughs> But when I come to the other side, it's like it's not like I'm deadening that voice that says like I I don't belong or I've I've had a hard time. I'm trying to expand the world around it so there's other shit that I can look at so it's not coloring every single fucking thought that I have because that that's no way it's just absolutely no way to live. And it took it took up until today and it's going to take tomorrow when I get there. And and today, if I do that little work of the, my little morning spiritual ritual, and, and, you know, I was nervous as shit for this thing, and I talked to Teenage Moore, and I was like, he's like, and what's so hilarious about him is he's like, dude, I got this. <laughs> he's, like, real confident, too. He, like, knows he's funny. <laughs> I love that. Like, I'm so grateful for that. So these, like, scared, these scared parts that are, like, protective, they're powerful as shit, too. You know what I mean? Like, because they're smart. Teenagers are fucking smart. They just, like... They're so horny, it fucks them up. <laughs> These teens and their hams. Oh, my <laughs> lord. Oh, my lord. Mort. 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 My friends. Mort. My friends. Dude, thank you so much for having me on this wonderful, beautiful, powerful, modern podcast. <laughs> well, thank you for coming. Thank you for coming with a truly open heart and loose butt, mm-hmm. answering our questions, helping mm-hmm. these listeners. I mean, it's a testament, you know? It's a testament to your kindness. Yes, it's an Old Testament and a New Testament. It's an Old Testament and a New Testament! <laughs> Preach. <laughs> all right, and we'll see you all next time. Bye! Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. 
Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart, a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com.